it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. It's been six days. We're all still waiting. Waiting for someone to come. But what if they don't? We have to stop waiting. We need to start figuring things out. A woman died this morning just going for a swim. And he tried to save her, and now you're about to crucify him? We can't do this. Every man for himself is not gonna work. It's time to start organizing. We need to figure out how we're gonna survive here. Now I found water, fresh water up in the valley. I'll take a group in at first light. If you don't wanna come, then find another way to contribute. Last week, most of us were strangers. But we're all here now. And God knows how long we're gonna be here. But if we can't live together, we're gonna die alone. Fresh off a pretty amazing weekend. Welcome back as we journey deeper into Lost, heading back to the island once again. From the Next Level Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I am Kristen Howe. This week, we review and break down two more episodes of the first season, those being Episodes 5, White Rabbit, and Episode 6, House of the Rising Sun. And I, th I think I'm pretty safe to say that was a pretty amazing weekend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was one of the best weekends that I've had in a long time. For those of you that are unaware, um, the Podcastica Network just had a uh, East Coast barbecue where a lot of listeners came together uh, that have been friends for the past two two years or so, year and a half, two years. And we had a weekend where we had a barbecue. We went to Hershey Park. We went to Chocolate World. We had a brunch. Um, and we all just kind of saw each other and just reveled in the awesomeness that is our, our friendship. So it was a great time. Yeah. It was good to see you too, Ben. It was great to see you. And then yeah. a lot of people got a, uh, a good taste of how, why we're good for podcasting together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got anybody who has a chance to see us, yeah, anybody who has a chance to see us in person, um, I'm going to go ahead and ego egotistically say, I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I recommend it too. It's it, it was a lot of fun to uh, not just be hang out with you, and but just hang out with everybody, um, you know, from the different listeners of all the different podcasts on Podcastica. So it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, I, I do want to say for anybody that's listening right now, I am in a hotel right now. So if audio seems a little weird or you hear any background noise or delays, I just want to say I apologize. I am traveling right now and this was the only time I could record. Ah, it's, it's forgivable. 
Okay. It's forgiven. <laughs> Thank I, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I want to say, too, one of the biggest elements of feedback we've gotten so far in the past two episodes uh, has been corrected. I know quite a few people, we, we heard it at the barbecue, and I know there's been some uh, comments about it on Facebook and iTunes and stuff about the, the length of the introduction, uh, which, as of right now, you have heard is much, much shorter. So. Yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> I like the I liked the mix, so <laughs> I was using a lot of the mix as possible, and I that's all right. I cut it down. That's all, <laughs> hey, and that's all right too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, just a quick word, real um, <laughs> a quick word, real quick. That's redundant. Uh, recap of the format of the show, as well as the schedule. Two episodes of Lost will be covering every podcast. Podcasts will be released on the 1st and 15th of every month, as this one will be July 1st. And hopefully, I, I do have some 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 lines in the out in the out in the water right now to um, potentially have some of the cast and such from the show on the podcast with us. I know, I know. Cool. Josh. Josh, Josh Holloway. Josh Holloway. <laughs> Josh Holloway. <laughs> Josh Holloway. But I'm also I'm I'm I also, love you in colony. <laughs> I'm also looking at uh you know the possibility of Damon Lindelof and you know JJ Abrams, uh Michael Giacchino who did the music Josh for us. Josh Holloway. It's in the works. Josh Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's my let's, song I, for josh I, holloway i noticed i noticed all right uh let's, let's do our top three highlights yes let's talk about our highlights of the episodes as you mentioned uh episode five white rabbit and episode six house of the rising sun so i want to ask you okay uh because we talked about this before we were recording but i just wanted us to maybe talk about it right now uh white rabbit or house of the rising sun I know where you stand on this, but um, as much as I love Jin and Son, White Rabbit. I, I thought White Rabbit was the better episode. And I disagree, so that'll be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will be fun. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that White Rabbit wasn't good because it was amazing. I just, I like as, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast of the past couple episodes, I like the Jin and Son arc. So an episode dedicated to them is a plus for me. Now, there, uh, don't get me wrong. There were definitely some elements of House of the Rising Sun I'm going to bring up as we go forward that I absolutely loved. But as far as backstory goes, I was more engrossed in the Jack backstory than I was with Jin and Sun. I get more engrossed with Jin and Sun as the season, as the show progresses further. That's interesting. You were the That's other interesting. Opposite? Yeah, a little bit. Only because... Um, you know, to get out of an oppressive relationship is something that I can identify with. Um, and so I was kind of with Sun the whole way through of um, House of the Rising Sun. And, you know, when, when she makes that decision at the very end to stay with Jin because she sees that little piece of him that's left with that flower. Um, and she's crying the whole way through. Like, as somebody who's seen the whole series, I, I'm so glad she went there. But, you know... At the same time, if you haven't seen the whole series, you're just like, what are you doing? He's the worst. Yeah. You know? So it, it's just interesting. Um, 
it, it, it's all in perspective when it comes to when it comes to this specific episode. But gosh, I just I I really felt for Sun almost the whole way. And when she kind of claims her independence at the end, and she claims who she is, you know, she she likes that dress, and you know, she tells somebody that she speaks English, and 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 just little tiny things that she does throughout the episode where she claims who she actually is. I just I I don't know. I just wanted to stand up and cheer for her she's a completely different character by the end of this episode by the end of episode six than she has been in the first five episodes yes absolutely 100 percent. yeah but i uh, i hope you don't mind i'm going to jump into the top three because you Please act- do you actually hit right on the nose with one of them uh i like to give all of my my points this you know like these little titles and uh you know my number three actually is sun's drastic measures cool you, you know we see throughout the course of this episode, as you had mentioned, exactly what she's willing to do to get out of this relationship as far as faking her own death. Can you imagine being in that, like so far gone in a relationship that you are willing to leave everything behind, fake your own death and jam out? I, I, I can't like I've been in a toxic relationship. I've been As in an I. oppressive relationship. I would I, I, I can't even put myself in that position. It's insane. I anyways, keep going with your point. No, I no, I'm I've been in that, that situation before too as a toxic relationship, not one as far as that I would plot my own death. But I mean, you have to understand, too, as we find out throughout the course of this episode and all of the backstories of Jin and Sun, she's in such a precarious position because it's not just her husband that she's wanting to escape from. Her husband is involved with her father. We get more of that as the show progresses and we find out where that connection exactly lies. But because at this point, we haven't met her father yet. We just know that Jin works for him. Right. So, you know where she's got this whole plan to fake her to leave the airport, pretend to be kidnapped, and then eventually come across as having been killed just so she could escape this oppressive life. Right. Which is pretty drastic. I mean, you, I can't even begin to comprehend what kind of situation she is in to make somebody feel like they have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, we get a better understanding of it as the, as the show progresses. But at this point in time, having only seen these first six episodes, your mind is just racing as to, okay, really? Because we see the moment with Jin coming in with blood on his hands and, you know, blood on his shirt. First thing that went in my mind was Yakuza because they're, you know, uh, because, because they're Korean, even though that's Japanese. Um, but you know, at, at at this point, there's still so much relatively unknown that we don't know what to believe. And you're right, at knowing what we know now, we're all happy that she decided to stay with Jin. Mm-hmm. So, how about you? What's your your number three? Um, well, I I'm gonna I want to stay with Jin and Son since we're on there, and this was my number um my number one. Okay, yeah, but I mean, we don't was, have to go in order for our yeah, our it's top fine, three. but it's. Just the theme of dependence versus independence. Um, you know, a, a big part of what we see with with Jin and Sun is that Sun has been in this kind of oppressive life her whole entire life. You know, she's been dependent on her father and 
now, you know, she thinks that she's going to marry this man who she's going to be kind of on equal footing with. Uh, you know, she's never wanted the big lavish lifestyle. All she wanted was for her father to give a blessing uh, for her to marry this this man. Um, and instead, he gets wrapped up in her father's lifestyle. And then as you see their marriage kind of go along over the years, you see that, you know, he starts treating her like a child. He's like, well, you know, I think that, you know, here's a dog because I'm always at work and, you know, you need to train it and you need to feed it. And she's like, oh, I will, you know, and slowly you see her kind of coming to terms with the fact that, you know, she hasn't been her own person yet in her entire life and she's about to claim that and even in the moment when she's going to claim it she can't right she's just she's too dependent on Jin, and she goes back with him and you just feel for her in that moment in the fact that she can't go away and you know that's that's regarded as as rather weak um to somebody who who is just like, leave his ass, you know, especially, you know, in today's, in today's world. I mean, we have so much more, especially in America to say like, leave him and you'll be taken care of. Like people will get you out, but she couldn't even do it, you know, at, at, at this point. But, um, but then on the Island, what's great is that, you know, Locke says something great where he says, you know, you have to give the Island something in order to get what you want. Um, he says that to Charlie at one point and son gets her independence, you know, by giving Michael, Hey, I speak English. This scares the shit out of me. I don't want to talk about it. Right. But I do speak English. And he's just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it was one <laughs> of the best moments of all two episodes. Like he's looking at her like you are kidding me right now with this crap. And you know what? It, what's funny about that moment too is I remember distinctly. It's so funny going back and rewatching these episodes. Yeah. Because I remember particular things about having when I saw these episodes for the first time, mm-hmm. and I distinctly remember when I watched this episode for the first time. I kind of, you know, had an inkling that there was something more to to Sun than. Mm-hmm what we were led to believe. And the moment when she says to Michael, I need your help. I, I think I audibly screamed. I knew it. Yeah. You know, well, there was and something that, there. Right. Right. And, you know, she needed her husband to be chained to something for, she needed her husband to be like so locked away that she could be herself just for a second. Right. But then, you know, she, she now, Somebody now knows that she speaks English, so she's got a lifeline now, right? And that gives her the strength to say, hey, you see this dress at the very end when she claims that dress? She didn't care what her husband had to say, had to non-verbally say. It didn't matter. And that's the first time that you see Sun claim her independence. And I really felt that. Um, I so I just loved it that we had that. And then, and then you had, you know, the choice of, do you stay on the Island or do you go into the caves? Like that is going to be a choice for the the survivors. They're no longer pinned to one thing. Um, and the water, the fresh water that it gives them, you know, new hope and, and whatnot. Um, I had more on the independence. Oh, Jack, Jack gets kind of, 
gets to claim himself and I'll, and I'll talk about him more cause he's one of my points. Um, but he gets to kind of claim himself, uh, as a leader and kind of step into his own. And he's been dependent on his father's opinion for so long that it wasn't really until after he smashes that coffin that he's like, I am my own man and I'm going to be my own man and I'm going to take these people and I'm going to take them to where they need to be. So I really liked it. Um, just seeing how, and, and then Charlie, even Charlie had his own moment where he decided I'm not going to do drugs anymore. And he gives the drugs to Locke and he gets his guitar and he claims himself. Right. Uh, so you just have little pockets of, of these small moments that are actually huge leaps for individual characters, especially so early into a series. Yeah. Um, a couple points that you, that you had already touched upon. These aren't any of, these aren't my number two or my number one, but, uh, you know, you brought up Charlie's moment and I had mentioned earlier that I did have some moments from this episode that I absolutely loved and you, you did touch base on one of them and the moment with Charlie and Locke, you know, and Locke says, you know, look up and Charlie, you know, Charlie reciprocates like you're not going to tell me to start praying are you no i'm just telling you to look up and the moment charlie sees his guitar it's it's not only a testament to dominic monaghan's acting abilities but as a viewer and also as a musician as a as an ex-musician man i really felt happiness for charlie in that just in that moment alone Mm mm-hmm I, yeah. I really did seeing the look on his face, the smile on his face and knowing like he was holding back tears because of his happiness of just having that back in his life. It was, it was one of my favorite moments from that episode from house. Of mm-hmm. house I would probably agree with you. So, uh, but the other thing I wanted to ask too, since you brought it up of, you know, the cave versus the beach, where would you stand on that? Would you be somebody who would want to stay at the beach and hope for rescue? Or would you be somebody who would think more long-term and go to the caves where there's a better chance of survival? That's such a good question. Um, Honestly, I would be the one that wanted to do it in shifts. I actually wrote it down. Like, I don't understand. Like there's, there's this horrible sun, but there's also the, the point that I don't want to give out hope. Right. So there's 46 of them. I think that it's okay to have a small group that goes out and shifts that is always 24 hours a day on watch for a plane or a boat or anything on the beach, but to get everybody out of the sun. I mean, I think that Jack made good points. This is perfect. There's water, there's shade. We don't need to drink so much water if we're, if we're not so hot. I get that, man. I live in the South. Okay. (laughs) It was, it said it was 87 degrees today. It was a hundred feels like a hundred, a hundred. And that's 87 degrees. I need lots of water. Mm-hmm. In, in those days, right? But if I'm in the shade, if I'm underneath a tree or in some air conditioning, I don't need that much water. I think it's very pragmatic. But Saeed wants everybody to hold on to hope. I agree with both of them. Um, and I don't think that that should have been a choice. I think that if, you know, the egos could have been left to the side for a split second that they would have known, okay, we only need like six to eight people to be on lookout on the beach, really. And then the boat comes and you're like, hey, we got a whole lot of people that are inside catching some shade. Yeah. You know? There, that, it's 
Yeah, I know. And that's my thought, too, is like, why, why can't you have some people on the beach? And if you if you find rescue from the people on the beach, it's not like you have to say, oh, well, we got to go. You know, there's other people here, but let's leave them behind. No, you, but you're going to go and find them. But at the same time, like Jack is just coming off of an episode where he's like, find a way to contribute. OK, well, I'll be on the patrol, the, the patrol squad, right, where we all take shifts, like treat it like a job. Like, that's how I'll contribute. Yeah. That's everybody's contribution. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, the, the whole, you know, find a way to contribute because that is... What would you do real quick? If I hadn't to choose one of them, I agree with you completely that it, it it's... There's no if or end. There's both. I, I think if you did both, you have a better chance of survival. You give some people rest. One day you're in the caves. The next day you're, you know, you're out on the beach. You're part of that watch. If I had to choose one of the two of them, though... I think I would go the cave route um, because I'm more of a long-term look to the future kind of person. Mm -hmm. uh, as much as I would love that there's hope that there's a chance we could be rescued. Um, I want water. I want shade. I want to be able to, I want safety, especially knowing that we've already lost one person from drowning out in the water, which we'll, we'll touch on in a second. And, you know, there's people who have been attacked by boars. We know the only thing that would worry me is that there's also this big ass monster made of smoke that's <laughs> in the in the woods and right. that doesn't happen to go out on the beach. So I don't know. It's kind of a double edged sword. And that's the other thing that cracks me up, too, is when they're making this decision, nobody's worried about that. I know nobody mentions it. <laughs> nobody at all. mentions it. It's There's because a big they're monster with, in the woods. They're with the guy with four hundred knives. I mean, two hundred I could understand, but he has four hundred <laughs> knives. <laughs> this is my favorite thing in the whole world. But um, what was I? I was just about to ask you a question. So, okay, but are you saying that answer in hindsight, or are you saying that answer as you've been you've been uh, plane wrecked? So no, I, I think six days. It's I, been six days. Yeah, and I think even I think as I was watching this episode for the first time, I felt the same way that I would most likely be a cave dweller rather than a beachgoer. I think I think that's the way I would have gone. <clears throat> okay. Now I reiterate the question to you because you kind of got around it and said both. If you had <laughs> to choose one or the other, which one would you go with? <clears throat> is someone bringing me water on the beach i think that's a, i think that's a given because i think that's something that's still going on at this point i think they're then, still sending people to the caves for water then i would be on the beach okay big scary monster no okay i i like to be i like to be in control so i i if you know if i could be on the lookout for something i that's where I'd probably want to be. I don't like to be dependent on other people to decide my fate. Do you think leadership would have anything to do with the decision at that point? I mean, because it's either you're going to the caves and you're following Jack or you're staying on the beach and you're following Saeed. And yeah, Sawyer. I'd follow Saeed. Of course it. you would. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> no, I mean, the beach has Saeed and Sawyer. It's no oh, wonder you're staying at the beach. No wonder Kate stayed at the beach. That's true. She made a good decision. <laughs> Oh, God. My girl, Kate. You'd be competing <laughs> with Kate. No, I'm not. No, actually, I would. I am somebody that just needs control. I need to be the one that's on the lookout. I need to be the one that, you know, okay, if, if there's something to do, if there's something to look for, I'm going to do it. 
Okay. Um, jumping into my number two, uh, we kind of touched base on it a little bit with somebody who was drowning. And uh, my number two is Joanna. And the reason I bring up Joanna is because with one person, this show did two things. And the brilliance of it is it is that they accomplished both of these things with a faceless person. We never see the face of Joanna. All we hear is a voice in the distance from the water. And it did two things. One, it further progressed Jack's hero's hero complex, which we talked a little bit about last episode. And two, Kate revealed a backstory of a character we had never even met. And that just goes to show the brilliance of the writing again is that you had mentioned it before that all of these characters kind of had flushed out backstories from mm-hmm. the start that we just as viewers get to learn about. They're not developing these backstories as we go. The writers had these backstories already done. And even characters who we never even get the chance to meet have these backstories, mm-hmm. which just goes to show you the writers had so much planned for this that even characters that we don't get to meet are intertwined within these stories. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, it's, I'm always more a person, like, don't get me wrong, I love the entertainment value of the show, but I, I, I love the, the background music, I love the writing aspects, I love cinematography, I love all of that stuff. And this show is one of those shows that had all of that. Michael Giacchino's score, like, this is one of the first episodes, I think, watching when I watched the first time I started to notice the score in the background and the music that was happening in the background, mm-hmm. the, the cinematography from the start on the, on a Hawaiian Island was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And now this is a first instance where we're starting to see a lot of the poignancy of the writing with, with Joanna. And again, having a character who has a backstory that we never even get the opportunity to meet. Go back to Jack's hero complex, though. Um, so, so with Joanna, were so were you mad at Boone? Because I was mad at Boone. I was mad at Boone. Um, you know, like it's. But I, uh, the funny thing is, is that I don't know why I was mad at Boone. I because think he I was said he annoyed. was a lifeguard. He said he was a lifeguard. Um, I, I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's the fact that he was a lifeguard. I think it. I think what, the, or at least that's not what made me mad. I think what made me more mad at Boone was it wasn't necessarily when Jack had to rescue Boone. Uh, it was the fact that later on in the episode, Boone says to Jack, "You should have let me go. I could have made it back." Well, obviously, that's not the case. Got you off the bottom of the ocean, yeah. dude. You were going to die. Like you were a dead man. You were not making it back. And it's because of it. And you're so mad at Jack because he didn't rescue Joanna. But it's your fault he couldn't rescue Joanna. Yeah, he had every right to feel as guilty as he did. I feel bad saying that, but he really did. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's right. I mean, you're absolutely right. I was mad at Boone. And, you know, I think that's the reason why, is that he put the blame on Jack and the blame was on him. But see, at the same time, everybody else was standing on the beach. Like, those two can't be the only ones that know how to swim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but when the person that's out there is also a professional scuba diver and swimmer and she can't make it back, it's you're kind of in a tough position. 
which I understand, but I guess it's just, you know, they're so close to the shore and, you know, like Kate and Saeed and, and Sawyer, and they're just all standing there. And it's like, just somebody get in the water. Like, it's okay to get wet. I, yeah, but I mean, again, playing devil's advocate, I don't think it's about getting wet. It's the fact that she's caught in a riptide. Like, what do you do? And it's, you either have that instinct or you don't. And Jack is one of those people. Again, it's, it's partially because of him wanting to save lives. And, you know, firefighters have that instinct and police officers have that instinct is that you don't think. You just instantly react. And that's what Jack did. He jumped in the water without even thinking about the riptide, without even thinking about anything. Boone just got in his way. And it's interesting that you say that because it maybe it's just Jack that's already learning or something because he was willing to use every single pain med possible to save one guy mm -hmm. only a few episodes earlier. Yeah. And now he's going to let that girl drown while he swims Boone to shore. Well, if you remember correctly, no, he doesn't go back out there. He does go back out. No, he didn't go back out there. He jumps back in the water. But when he sees how far out she is and that she's disappeared from the horizon, he comes back in. Oh, 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 okay. He All made right. the, he, he, he had it in his mind that he was going back out there. He just, unfortunately, at that point, it's too late. So, but just the fact that he was willing to attempt to go back out there. And again, I, I mentioned the hero complex, but I'm not saying in this instant that it's a bad thing. Right. Uh, you know, it's sometimes a hero complex isn't a bad thing, but sometimes in the case that you had mentioned with the U.S. Marshal, where he's using all this medication to try and heal one guy and you don't know how long you're going to be on this island. And Sawyer is the voice of reason that tells you, like, how much are you going to use of this? I know that's that's in the negative aspect. And we see it a little bit later in the se in in the season. Funny enough, with Boone where that hero complex kind of comes back to bite him again because he's so I don't I don't want to say too much about that until we get to it. So, um, okay, so maybe by what you're saying is that he was never intended to save Joanna. He was he had to save Boone. Maybe and that that was his path to save maybe, Boone cuz Boone still has a lot more story to tell, right? And Joanna was done. But how were we to know that Joe, well, the island knows, Ben. Uh, the, uh, that's right. The island knows. The island knows. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's my new excuse for everything now. The island knows. <laughs> that's the go to for everything now on this podcast is the <laughs> island knows. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what about you? What's, what's your number two? My number two. Um, you know what? Let's talk about, since we kind of were already touching on it, is Jack and responsibility. Um, and that kind of goes into White Rabbit a lot. So, you know, as, as we kind of have seen, Jack has been in this, I, for lack of a better word, I want to say loop his whole life, right? He's, he has this thing inside of him that he wants to help the people that can't help themselves, right? You see that in the very opening scene of White, White Rabbit. He's looking at a friend that's being bullied. He wants to help that person. And it isn't until he's goaded and he finally has to psych himself up that he stands up and 
you know, he gets punched or whatever, but he starts to stand up for that person, for his friend. And then, you know, any other parent would have been like, yes, you know what? That's good that you stuck up for your friend. I'm sorry that you got punched in the face, but you did the right thing, right? Like, that's what I would tell my kids. Jack's dad, (laughs) he went another way. Uh (laughs) He, He went another direction. And he's like, you know, he goes, I have what it takes. Don't choose. Don't decide. When you fail, when and then he says, when you fail, it means you don't have what it takes. And he's telling his like nine or ten year old boy that he's not only weak, but he will always be weak and he will never have the wherewithal to do anything of value. And so Jack has spent most of his life believing this. Um, and his mom even goes so far as to as to allude to that, um, you know, as she's trying to tell him to go to Australia and find him, she tells him that he's weak and she tells him that, you know, he can't, he can't measure up. Right. And so Jack gets on this Island and all of a sudden he's put in this leadership position and he has to take responsibility, but he, he doesn't think he has what it takes. And he says it a few times in the episode, but he does have what it takes, you know, and, and you see that time and time again. I mean, he went to Australia. He went and he, you know, crawled up everybody's nose just to find out where his dad was. He became a spinal surgeon. He became somebody that was strong enough to lead 46, 47, 48 other people um, who were who got in a plane crash. You know, he I mean, gosh. Just thinking about Jack and and just the pilot episode when he comes around the bend and he sees the plane crash, he jumps into action, right? A lot of people would just recoil in fear. He jumped into action. I mean, he he was amazing. Well, I think, um, I, I think that goes back to what I was saying before, too. And, and I'm not going to call it hero complex this time because complex makes it sound uh, negative. There are times with Jack it's a complex, but there are other times where it's more instinct. Yeah. And, and that's something that Jack has. And it, it might be because of the issues with his father is that he's developed instinct. the hero instinct. Yeah. Instinct is a great word that I couldn't find the right word. Instinct is such a great word because he does have it. And, and that instinct gives him what it takes to be a great leader. And I think it, it was when he finally bashed the shit out of that coffin that he got to just take out everything that he was being, um, Every, everything that he was feeling, he put right into that coffin. And and I'm so glad that he found it because the island knows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but he comes back after doing that and he has decided and he's decided he not only does he have what it takes, but he's going to do this. He's going to make some definitive decisions. He didn't want to make any decisions in the beginning of that episode. Why is it my decision? Why do I have to decide about the water? Why Why is everybody looking to me? Then he comes back after he finds the water and he just takes it all out on this coffin. He gets back on the beach and he's like, if we don't live, to, if we don't learn to live together, we're going to die alone. I found a stream. This is what we're going to do. You guys can do whatever you want to do. I'm going to take for, I'm going to take a group in the caves. Like I suggest you come with me, blah, blah, blah. Like he goes into, you guys want me to be the leader? Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to be the leader. Yeah. And I think that that's great. 
Well, it's almost, uh, you know, kind of similar to how I mentioned with Sun when it came to House of the Rising Sun is that she, by the end of that episode, she's a completely different character than she was yes. when that episode started. Yes. Jack goes through that same transformation during White Rabbit because there's yes. moments in that episode where you think this guy's legitimately going crazy. He's seeing visions of his father on the island. Mm-hmm. He's following me through. And then he has that cathartic moment with the coffin mm-hmm. and reemerges back on the beach a completely different person. But you know what? You can say that about all of the flashbacks that we've had so far with Kate, with Locke, with Sun, and even with Jin to a certain extent. I mean, you think Jin would have Jin would have thrown that dress into the fire True. one episode ago. True. Right? Yeah. I, so they've all made they've all made these marked um, progressions. But they've kind of happened at different times, though. It's not yes. from oh, start no, no, no. to it's end of the episode. not all at the same time. I mean, for Locke, Locke, for example, Locke woke up from the crash a different person. Yeah, but I don't think he quite understood it until he faced down the smoke monster. That's true. And, and that happened in the episode with his flashback. Correct. So, yeah, I guess that could be another instance of with the first time we get their flashbacks, not the the the, the further times, they they kind of become transformed right, people by the end of the episode. Right. That's that. That was my point. So Kate had that when she sat down and Jack gave her the blank slate. Locke faces down the smoke monster. He decides, okay, I'm the guy with four hundred knives. I'm the boar hunter. Whatever. Yeah. You know, Jack has his face down face off with the coffin son decides to claim her independence by the end of this past episode so they're all kind of coming to terms with their past where they are now and kind of who they get to be now and i think that's awesome yeah i mean again it just shows we're only six episodes into this show and you know there's already been massive transformations from some of the characters Agreed. So, because I see, think, we can agree on stuff. I never said we couldn't agree on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I know that the upcoming episodes, and again, we're going to be. I think there was a point where we got a second backstory before we got a first backstory of characters, and I, I, I don't remember when that happens. It's not until later, but I know the next two episodes we're going to be talking about are Michael and Sawyer's backstories. Um. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> now we're we're going to have to watch. I'm going to have to watch more closely to see if those kind of transformations happen throughout those episodes as well. If it's kind of the same kind of the pattern and format. I'm going to go with yes. Uh, we talked a little bit about. <clears throat> I'm just going to mention my number one real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to ask you what was your number one because there's really not a lot of backstory. We've actually touched on most of it already, but my my number one. And I don't see how there there's anything else that could have been number one, at least to me, is live together, die alone. It's one of the most poignant phrases that has come out of this show. It's one of the most quotable lines. And it really is a, a fresh point for this show. It's the moment when Jack realizes and helps the rest of the survivors to realize, like, look, we're all waiting for this rescue. But it might not happen. Mm-hmm. We have to look to the future. And yes, it does kind of split the group a, a little bit, especially in, in the, the following episode. But 
it's a turning point. It's a turning point not only for the show but for these cast of characters because, again, this is the point when they realize we might be here for a while. Let's let's start to dig our feet down. Let's start to dig our toes in the sand and actually put in dig some in. Roots. Yeah, let's dig in. That's exactly right. But yeah, live mm-hmm. together, die alone is my absolute number one for these two episodes. Oh, that's cool. How about you? Well, my number one is actually just um, probably Adam and Eve. Okay. Uh, you know, I've I've loved as somebody who has watched the whole series, as most of us have that are watching this. Um, you know, in in the first or uh, I think it's the second episode, the second part of the pilot when Locke um, is teaching. Uh, Oh my gosh, Walt. Thank you. Carl. Uh, Walt. <laughs> when Locke is teaching Walt about, I think, shuffleboard or chess or something. And he's like, there's, you know, or backgammon. There's, you know, there's two sides and it's white and black, right? And 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 you get that first inkling of there's light and dark. And then with this episode, uh, you find these two 40 to 50-year-old uh, decayed bodies. Uh, one's a woman, one's a man. And Locke says, Oh, you know, our very own Adam and Eve. But then Jack finds the bag. And in the bag, he pulls out a white stone and a black stone. And, you know, if, if, if you've seen the whole series, you know who these two people are, you know, uh, kind of what the white and the black represent. And, it's so cool to me that this was touched on so early in the series that a lot of people say they had no direction where they were going. They didn't know what they were doing, blah, 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 blah. I think that this is definitive proof that while they may have muddled the ending to, to a lot of viewers, I think they absolutely knew where they were going right from the beginning. Um, and this is proof. Oh, yeah, I I agree with that completely. I know there's a lot of contention when it comes to the, you know, the last season or two of the show, whether the finale was good, the finale was bad. And like, oh, they didn't know where they were. They didn't know where they're going with it. No, I completely agree with you. I think these guys had a good, solid plan as to where they wanted this show to go, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's not revealed until I don't think the last season who those two people are. So they had to have an idea in their head. Otherwise, why would they introduce two bodies that you know or have been there for however long you know it's been so long that that since i've seen the series it's you know it's been like about six years i was pregnant with my first child when i last saw the series as a whole uh because i was on bed rest and so um i thought for a split second i go is this where they find the diamonds (laughs) (laughs) and then out come the black and and the white stone I know. And then out come the black and the white stone. I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now here's an interesting question. And I want to I want to note too one other thing when you mentioned them finding the stones, one white and one black. This is already in six episodes of the show, actually five episodes at this point that oh no, they don't find the bodies until episode six. It's House of the Rising Sun. They find the bodies. Um, right. But in six episodes, this is already our second in our second occurrence of light and dark because if you remember in the pilot Locke has that moment with with walt 
Were you not listening to me when I was just talking? I was. I just I let it go. I said, Walt, I said, Walt, I said, backgammon. I'm I, er, just reiterating what you said. You are not. I am you too. were not listening. <laughs> I am still. You are not listening. I was too. Anyway, I would like to know anybody that's listening to this podcast right now. Do you think Ben was listening to me? <laughs> Great feedback going to be coming in. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Good. Um, but no, but what I was, I was really, I was just reiterating a point before I went into my next one. And that was throughout the course of this series, I, I had multiple, multiple guesses and multiple predictions for who these people were and the, who they turned out to be was never any, I, I was never right. Uh, throughout the course of it. And I was wondering if it was the same for you. Did you at any point wonder or have a prediction who these people might be? Because at one point, I honestly believed it to be Rose and Bernard. The bodies? Yeah. Because uh, don't forget, later on, and this is kind of spoilers a little bit, which we, we do touch on in this, you know, as there is a point in the show where they do go back in time and we do know at that time that Rose and Bernard did go with them, but they kind of went off and they did their own thing. They went off and they lived on their own. I love and, what they did. And I thought that, you know, there might have been a chance during all of this that this was Rose and Bernard who died together. And they died when our castaways were still back in time. Not and once. Not once did I think this. Maybe not it was just once. me then. I'm curious how many of our other listeners might have thought it could have been them too. It's the ones that weren't listening. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I was listening. No, not once. Not okay. once did I. Not once did I think. <laughs> but there... you know what? I think your opinion is valid and I hear you. You're such a jackass. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Did you at any time have any predictions on who they were? Or did you just kind of ride the wave and No, I just rode until... the wave. Yeah. I I actually, you know, it wasn't probably until I watched it the second time that I even put it together. But um, you know, like I said, it, it's been so long since I've rewatched the series that I for I until those stones came out that's when I was like, oh, that's right. That's right. And like it all went click, 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 click. Uh, because I told you a couple minutes ago that I thought they were diamonds for a split second. That's why I said Nikki and Paolo, too, because, you know, see, I was listening. Uh-huh. Uh, um, <laughs> so anything else that we want to make note of before we, we move on to listener feedback? Because I do have a couple other things I'd like to to bring up that didn't fit anywhere in our top three. I probably have a few more, but what do you have? Um, well, one of them is, I know we talked a little bit about this last week, but we can add one to the eye count. Yeah, two of them. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, the episodes start with, uh, again, with the close-up on the eye. and For both of them. Well, that's what I said, the episodes. Um, oh, okay. You weren't listening to me. I was not. <laughs> but yeah, the, both of the episodes start again with close-ups in the eye, and that's a. I think it kind of goes away as the seasons progress later on, but it, in at least in season one, it's a very common theme. It is that is the close-up at the beginning of the episode on the eye? Mm-hmm. So, wow, you're so talkative about that point. I'll move on. Oh yes, the <laughs> eye. <laughs> Uh, no, the the only other thing I really I I wanted I had a question about one thing and then I had one other point I wanted to make, um, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you for yours. But is it ever I can't remember, and this is why I'm glad we're going back and rewatching this. 
for some reason, I have it in my memory that because we do see in White Rabbit the whole moment with Jack trying to get the coffin on the plane and how it wasn't a proper way to do it. Am I remembering correctly in that Jack Shepard's body wasn't actually in the coffin? Christian Shepard. Christian Shepard, yeah. Um, For some reason, I remember and I could be remembering wrong that the body wasn't actually in the coffin because it was the only way they would allow the coffin on the plane. Yeah. I have a memory of that too. That's funny that you say that because when he opened it up, um, you know, at the time you feel like that's very surprising, but I do think that later in the series, um, there is a conversation that is, that we kind of circle back to that, uh, his body could not go like, couldn't go on the plane but they could get the coffin on the plane and he was just going to like have it be a closed coffin ceremony yeah. or something like that okay i thought i remembered that correctly but for some reason i just i i it was so cloudy in my mind i couldn't remember and i, I wanted to bring it up did you yeah. think did you think that jack was going crazy the first time you saw this did you think this no whole because Christian there's was polar mind? no man there's polar bears and a black smoke monster <laughs> I mean the island a, a, a paralyzed guy that can walk I mean so you were the, ready to believe anything at this point anything I mean that's how the show has been set up the show's been set up as they're not in a normal spot so you're just gonna have to go with whatever it is and you know I'm somebody that can completely turn off my logical brain and I can just enjoy what's in front of me. I know that there's people out there that need it to be logical. Um, but I'm, I'm just not one of those people. If, if we're watching sci-fi or fantasy or anything like that, um, you know, even as so far as to watch, you know, the walking dead, a lot of people are like, I don't know that I believe that I'm like, well, it's based off a comic book. So I'm I'm the same way. If it comes to like science, like science fiction or fantasy or anything, I can kind of turn my brain off and just let. Right. So I guess I was just willing to just let that go and be like, okay, so his body isn't there. Cool. What? Why isn't it there? Okay. Um, The other point I like that. Honestly, I don't remember. I kind of want to believe that I thought Jack was going crazy. Because I, I knew that, yes, there was a monster on the island that Locke could walk and, you know, all these other things that you had mentioned. But for some reason, the idea of a father's of a man's dead father being walking around on the island, maybe I did believe it. Because, again, going back to the coffin and you're meant to believe at that point with the freak out that Jack has afterwards that there was indeed a body in the coffin. And it's not revealed until later that there really wasn't a body in the coffin. So, right. yeah, the way the episode is written, you are meant to believe that the body was in the coffin. He opens the coffin. It's not in there. And this is really his father walking around. Well, it's funny because he didn't look surprised that it wasn't there. He looks more angry. Yeah. Which now is a little more understandable when we remember right. that the body wasn't necessarily in there. He's remembering the circumstances as to why his father's body was not in there. Well, and I mean, after everything that we've seen in the first five episodes or four episodes at that point in White Rabbit was, I mean, it was feasible that Christian Shepard was walking around. Well, yeah, because at this point, anything was possible. Yeah. I mean, OK, you're Lazarus and enjoy walking around. That's cool. <laughs> uh, the other point I wanted to bring up, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you for anything that you have. I noticed something in this episode 
in White Rabbit. And it's something that I've never noticed before. And I actually did some research into this because we're at a point now with this podcast where we're, there's there's things that we're going to start analyzing. As you cool. mentioned, you know, there's song lyrics we'll probably end up looking up and things like that. And this is the first instance of that in the three episodes we've done this podcast. I noticed Charlie's tattoo. Strawberry Fields. Yes. Did not know where that was from until now. And I looked into it even deeper, like I wanted to find out what the meaning behind Strawberry Fields was to see if there was anything to this. And there really isn't too much behind it. But I didn't realize that Living is Easy with Eyes Closed is a lyric from Strawberry. I've, I've heard Strawberry Fields over a hundred times, but for some reason it just did not click that that was a lyrics from the Beatles' Strawberry Fields. Well, good. And that's it. <laughs> Um, right on. Would you have anything f- as far as like just some last minute stuff? Uh, last minute stuff, I would probably say it was really sweet to see the very first kind of chemistry moments of Charlie and Claire. The first ship um, I ever wanted. Oh my gosh. When he's just <laughs> making her laugh and he's like, who needs 400 knives? I just, I loved that whole scene. <laughs> um, you know, you just kind of saw that there was some serious potential there. And I thought that that was really nice. Um, Probably Jin. Uh, Jin was actually one of my outlier points that if you had done one of my top three, then I was going to talk about Jin. Um, So this is where I think that we start to feel like super conflicted about Jin. Okay. because you see that he used to be somebody else and that he wasn't this overbearing guy all the time and that it was son's dad that kind of made him into who he, who he became to be. Um, and it's why I love Jin so much is that I love it that his whole arc is getting back to being that fisherman and that fisherman's son. Right. Um, and I think that this is kind of an episode where as overbearing and horrible as Jin is, you also see that there is a very tender man underneath all of that. And he has this deep seated sense of honor um, at the very end of, I think it's white rabbit uh, when she says, thank you for getting me the water. And he says, it's what husbands do. He, want his core desire is to protect and take care of his wife. And I think that that's got muddled in what that really means because his, because her father is so overbearing that he's now been brainwashed and he's been in this oppressive relationship with son's father, uh, to the point that he's kind of lost his way. And I love it that they both find their way together from here on out um not without bumps right not without Mm -hmm. a lot of bumps but it's just the beginning of something very beautiful with Jin, and it's one of my and and i've said it before it's one of my very favorite parts of the whole show so yeah can you repeat i wasn't listening to a word you said shut up (laughs) no you're you're absolutely right and even in the instances before we kind of see Jin make that transition like even from the first episode from the pilot he, he yes he does kind of come across as uh kind of a jerk and you know a little controlling when it comes to sun but every once in a while there are those little moments that kind of slip through where you kind of realize 
yes, there is a little bit of a sweetness to gin. And yeah. we get that more and more as it as it progresses. And, you know, we've talked about from the first episode until now, we've talked about some of the characters that make the furthest progression and the biggest changes. And I think you would agree with me that Jin is arguably probably one of those characters, one of the biggest changes throughout the course of it. We go a, a guy who is very traditional, very, you know, Korean, uh, you know, oriented in, in the ways of that, that, that they live and through marriage mm-hmm. and everything who speaks no English at all to this man by the end of the show who is not only who is speaking English and is willing to go out of his way to help others, but he's willing to sacrifice to help others as well. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yes. I totally agree. You know, I read a piece of trivia that, um, Daniel Day Kim actually does not speak Korean. He doesn't. He doesn't speak a word of he did not speak <laughs> so, a lick of Korean before Lost. He, he had to learn it. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. And I know I know you joke a lot that we joke a lot about getting Josh Holloway on the on the podcast. And trust me, I, I want to make it happen because I would love to talk to him too. But out of all the characters, obviously, you know, Terry O'Quinn being one of my favorites, Mike Emerson, I would love to talk to Daniel Day Kim. Yeah. Well, especially with that. The stand he took on Hawaii Five O, and I think that he mm-hmm. has. I think as an as a man, he's very principled, and um, yeah, I think he's he's an interesting man, an interesting actor. He's played great characters, but I I agree, definitely. I just think that it's I just think it's great because I actually until I heard him speak English on Lost for the first you time, thought he that, spoke Korean. In that Hurley episode, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, he speaks English like really well. So. Good job, Daniel Day Kim. You had me fooled for a very long time. <laughs> and, I, and I'm right there with you because I wasn't familiar off the top of my head with anything he had done. I might have seen him before and just not picked up that this was the same person. I did not. And and I, I remember watching the episode and knowing because he speaks fluent Korean so well. So well. <laughs> for somebody who's <laughs> never done it before this show. So you're right. So when that moment when he speaks English to Hurley in that dream sequence and he says everything is going to change, I'm like, like what? Mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> just mind-blowing. You're looking at it going, did he just speak English? <laughs> Was that a, was that an overdub? Did somebody speak for him? Like that's amazing because even throughout the course of the show, when he's starting to learn, Eng- when the character of Jin is starting to learn English, he portrays it so well so that good. he is this guy that's fluent in Korean and I just know. learning English. And it's just oh man, it's so good, and I I love that fact. Yeah. It makes me laugh every time. I know. I that's something I recently learned, so I was really excited about that. I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> like Phoebe from Friends. That is brand new information. <laughs> we couldn't go an entire podcast without at least one friend. No, I slipped it in. I slipped it in. I know. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up before we um we moved on to listener feedback? No, I just wanted to talk about Jin. I mean, we could talk about Sawyer if you want. He says sticks, comma legs. <laughs> oh my god! Well, there's a number, and the, the 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 nickname tally just keeps growing <laughs> as the episodes keep going. I mean, we've already gotten freckles, and we that seems to have been solidified as Kate's nickname now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think at one point I can't remember what episode it is, but doesn't he call Jin Mister Miyagi? 
Probably. <laughs> I know he does at some point. I can't remember if it's what in these What does he call Saeed? He calls Saeed something terrible. Oh, I can't remember. You're right, though. Yeah, it's like borderline, like, bad. Yeah, we should get, we should start getting a list going. I want to see if there's any videos on YouTube of just Sawyer oh, calling there is. everybody by their nickname. There is. I've seen them. <laughs> okay. We're going to have yeah, to find uh, that. I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. Okay. I'll post it on our page. Uh, all right. Yeah, that works too. Yeah, because I don't know if you saw – I posted a video to our Facebook page I think last week. Uh, it was an interview that I think Entertainment Weekly did with uh, Dominic Monaghan talking about the scene in the um, – in the in – the, his death and, you know, not the not pennies both scene. And it – I know. It's still heart-wrenching. It still gets me. I, I, trust me, when we get to that, uh, you That's will like hear red wedding for me. Like I'm going to have a hard time. <laughs> no, red, red wedding to me was like, holy shit, did that just happen? And not Penny's boat was weeping. Oh my God, this is happening. Ugh. Because there's already one or two moments beforehand that we almost lose Charlie. And at this point, Charlie is developed into one of my favorite characters on this show. So, yeah, there's – oh, God. Some of these episodes are going to be really rough to talk about Yeah, as we progress through. Not but yet, yeah. though, so that's nice. But there's a video on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Lost Revisited Pod, in which he uh, goes back and he talks about how yeah, he was submerged in water and everything, but he was not afraid of it. Like he's – him and water have a good relationship, and he wouldn't – he wasn't afraid to film that scene at all. Oh, that was another. That actually, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, Charlie can't swim. Uh, is that brought up in the episode? Yeah, in White Rabbit, he says, "I can't swim, man. I can't swim." Oh, like well, he said changes. it over and over again. <laughs> exactly. And and I even wrote it down in my notes. I can't believe I didn't have it. I I can't believe I didn't mention it. But Charlie, if Charlie like says over and over again in White Rabbit that he can't swim, which is why he didn't go out to help save Joanna. He says, I can't swim. I can't swim. And I think to myself, uh, I kind of remember you swimming. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not forget, too. I mean, and we're, we're jumping way ahead of time, too. But what he tells everybody in order to do that action is a lie. He tells them that, like, he was, like, a diving champion and everything. And he, it's revealed right before he goes down that that was all a lie. So there might have been a little truth when he says he can't swim. Because in the time that they're there, he might have learned. Okay. I'm just playing devil's advocate. All right. And that's all. So he can't <laughs> swim, then he swims, whatever. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, all right, let's jump into some listener feedback before da, we get da, 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 da. I'm going to record that. That's going to be our new intro for listener feedback now. <laughs> uh, but our first listener feedback comes from Facebook and it comes from our friend Wendy Ott Eppers, who we had the opportunity to meet this weekend. Oh my gosh. And let me tell you, she's amazing. She's adorable. I love she's her. She's a ball of sun and energy and joy and love. And I just wanted to be around her and hug her forever. <laughs> I'm sure she will appreciate hearing that. <laughs> uh, but she says, White Rabbit, this Jack-centric episode just skims the surface of the complicated person we find Jack to be. We meet Jack's dad uh, Jack's dad in a flashback. Then we meet Jack's dad on the island. What? Uh, <laughs> at the end of White Rabbit and into House of the Rising Sun, we see Jack and Kate getting closer, revealing more to each other. They are super flirty and adorable. I was shipping them hard. 
Uh, Sawyer and Kate have a hot wrestling match that they do. Uh, so the Sawyer nickname fest continues. Sticks, Mr. Miyagi, there it is. Uh, Freckles, lot quietly but securely establishes his place in the group by first helping Jack and White Rabbit and revealing that the island has secrets. Next, by helping Charlie in House of the Rising Sun. At last, we get the famous speech, if we can't live together, we're going to die alone. I loved Sun and Jin's backstory. They were probably the ones I was most curious about at this point. They're very interesting, and it's so compelling to see how they move forward. Yes. Very nice. I got the Mr. Miyagi. I knew it was in there somewhere. Uh, Our next feedback comes from Jill Moreau, who I had the opportunity to share an Airbnb with with our families last weekend for our big barbecue. And she's fantastic and wonderful in every way, as is her family. Yes, agree. Uh, Okay, so she says, I haven't been keeping up with the rewatch. Shame, shame. (laughs) It's been a little crazy lately. Uh, I totally agree with Wendy's thoughts above, though. I did want to say that I'm really enjoying listening to both Ben and Kristen. Keep it up, and I promise to try and get more involved with the rewatch soon. Oh, and Ben, watch Colony. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on my list. It's it on should my be list of at summer, the top of your list. It's on my list of summer viewing. I have. I can tell you right now that the last episode that I watched, anybody who watches Colony, please private message me because I love talking about this show. But last episode that I watched, which was the most recent episode, one of the actors gave, and I've seen this actor in a bunch of different stuff. Josh Holloway. Gave, I'm not going to tell you who it is. <laughs> okay. But gave one of the best performances I have ever ever seen from many actors i mean it, it was it was it was a scene with two two men and both of them I, i'd love to see the behind the scenes on this because both of them gave it everything they had i i was compelled from the beginning to the end like i just was sitting there on the edge of my seat i couldn't i, I just i could barely breathe it was so 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 Oh, good. I want to. I so. want to make a note too that this was also the first episode in which you didn't have to message me to ask me if it was available. Because it was. <laughs> because I made sure it was. And I watched it. <laughs> and I know you did. I saw when you did. <laughs> I was like, oh, she didn't message me. Yay! <laughs> I love hearing from you either way. So I will watch Colony. It is in my. It is in my viewing list. But I still have two episodes of Westworld to catch up on. Oh, yeah. You need to do that first. Uh, I got to do that first. I was four down by the time the finale aired, and I'm halfway through, so I got two more left to watch, and hopefully over the course of this Fourth of July weekend, I'll I'll get them knocked out. Okay. America. That just came out of nowhere. Uh, Our last bit of listener feedback is a voicemail from our buddy Steve, who leaves voicemails for us every week, so let's go ahead and play that and see what Steve has to say. Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Steve, and I uh, just got a couple of things from uh, White Rabbit and House of the Rising Sun that I thought were interesting. Um, during the, the whole saving of the drowning woman or trying to save the drowning woman, there's uh, one of them, either Jack or uh, Boone, says, uh, we got to go back. And that was interesting. I don't know if that was foreshadowing or just coincidence. Um, I didn't notice that uh, Jack's father was wearing white shoes, like white tennis shoes. I don't remember if that comes into play later in the series or not, but I just thought that was interesting. The white shoes seemed to very, very much stand out in that suit. Um, 
and then in uh, uh, also uh, Jack has some uh, some serious survival skills because he builds that fire when he's out in the the jungle by himself. Um, the live together die alone uh, speech at the end reminded me of my favorite line from the entire series, which is is later on. I'm not sure season three or four maybe where Rose says to Jack. Um, if you say live together, die alone, Jack, I'm going to smack you in the face. Uh, so I just thought that was funny to hear that for the first time, uh, again. Um, the discovery of the stones in the cave, it made me realize what I hadn't really thought about earlier is that there was things that were definitely planned way in advance during this whole show. They had this thing planned out, whether they knew it was going to end in five seasons or, uh, seasons or not, they definitely had a plan going in. So I, I really like that. Um, and uh, Charlie being the comic relief, uh, of, uh, I thought those were they were C's, uh, was a, a pretty good line as well to Kate after the whole B attack. Uh, anyway, look forward to hearing what you guys say. Uh, talk to you next time. Bye. It, it's very interesting that he brings up the Christian Shepherd in white tennis shoes because I think he said he wasn't sure if that plays fault plays into it later, but I think it does. I think Does that's it? brought. I think that's brought up later. That I. I think it's the way they dress him before they put him in the coffin. I think there's more to that. I can't remember, but I. I want to say that yes, that does come up later on. That's interesting. I'm gonna make a note of that. Yeah, I think that I, I can't. I can't remember. I, I can't remember exactly either. Again, it's one of those things. It, it's becoming. We're only six episodes into the rewatch, and it's becoming more and slightly more and more difficult to not want to keep going. I'm so glad that. Well, I'm. We've got a lot going on, as you know, at home, and so it, it makes it a lot easier not to sit and watch all the time. Because I would watch like not to have twelve hours to just sit and knock day. out like fifteen episodes. Right. Exactly. Like I mean, it was it was okay. I have to sit down and I have to watch these two episodes. Okay, I, I'll just watch this one episode tonight, and then I'll, I'll try to get in the next one the next day. You know, like <laughs> so. And and I like to watch them twice if I'm going to be recording on them. And lately, I haven't been able to do that. So once things slow down around here, I'll be I'll be back to my normal routine, which I'm excited about. Well, we're still in that in the early phases too, where there's not too much to overanalyze, right? But yeah, but you're right. Once we start hitting like season two and forward, it becomes that point where yeah, these these episodes require two watches. This just, just yeah. make sure we have everything covered, right? Right. But Steve, thank you so much for your voicemail. Absolutely. Anybody who wants to leave a voicemail, leave it, please. Yes, you can record yourself and send it to us. Actually, let's just do that now. Uh, I mentioned earlier that we are on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash lost revisited pod. And we are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. Uh, You can email us at lost revisited pod. I'm noticing a trend here. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Lost revisited pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a message, like we said, you can record yourself and send it to our email address, or you can send it via messenger um, at our Facebook uh, page as well. 
Absolutely. Uh, and of course, uh, last but certainly not least, we encourage you to check out all of the other podcasts that we have on both the Next Level uh, Podcast Network, as well as Podcastica, a lot of great other programs hosted by some other great podcast hosts that uh, we encourage you to go check out, especially if you're fans of, like we mentioned, Westworld and uh, Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Stranger Things, the DC television shows, celebrity yes. interviews, all that great stuff. I really recommend the Westworld one, though. I know you do. Especially after the finale, man, I needed it. And still, after I listen to the (laughs) podcast, I'm like, I I think I need to, like, talk about this some more. I still don't know what I saw. It's been one of the reasons why I've I've been taking so long to get caught up on these episodes is because I'm watching the episode and then I'm listening to the podcast because it's getting to a point now (laughs) in the show that I'm trying to comprehend what is happening and i'm failing i can't i well okay good luck after the finale you know what you just you let me know after you watch the finale if you've got it because i can tell you i guarantee you you don't okay all right (laughs) and then i will because i have did i hear the rumor correctly that they they have only a number of seasons in mind for westworld oh i don't know that you're gonna have to ask uh jason or okay because I thought I had read somewhere that they were only planning on doing four, and I can't remember if that's the case or not, but uh, I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm slowly working through episode, then podcast, episode, then podcast. So Yeah, uh, smart. We'll see. We shall And you've see. got your own podcast that you're doing. So. I do. So I'm trying to mix everything, <laughs> everything into this. Uh, but yeah, so we want to thank you guys, obviously, for listening to another episode. We want you guys to continue to send us the feedback. If you have recommendations on ways that we can improve, uh, don't be a dick about it, but send us those recommendations. Yeah. And, um, and nobody has been. I'm just saying that as, as, as like a joke. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't want to have to edit anything out of the podcast. You're not editing anything out, but you know. No. There are jerks that exist. There are, and they're not just here. They're with every podcast. I feel like so. the way I just said that was very Gina Linetti. <laughs> there are. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, but yeah, Kristen, unless you have any final words. Peace out. <laughs> yeah. Um, enjoy your 4th of July holiday. And until next time, we'll see you back on the island. Take care. I, I do have last words. Oh, for well, you. then say them. She just said. <laughs> I knew you'd like it. Pink. I was getting a shout out. She just uh, said. Pink Allen, we love you. Yeah. All right. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend, guys. Take care. Happy 4th, America. Look around you. Look down the bar from you. At the faces that you see. Are you sure? This is where you want to be These are your friends But are they real friends? Do they love you as much as me? Are you sure this is where you want to be? You seem in such a hurry To lead this kind of life 
And you've caused so many pain and misery But look around you Take a good look Just between you and me Are you sure that this is where you want to be? Please don't let my tears persuade you I had hoped I wouldn't cry But lately teardrops seem a part of me But look around you And take a good look At all the local used to be's And are you sure that this is where you want to be?